Good morning, I'm Debbie Cruz. It's Thursday, February 15th. Sheriff denies recommendation to require body scans to check employees for drugs. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. The case against the doctor who faced a charge of involuntary manslaughter for the death of an inmate at the Las Colinas Jail in Santee in 2019 was dismissed yesterday. It comes less than a week after a jury voted 9-3 in favor of acquitting 59-year-old Federica von Lintig. The case stemmed from the death of 24-year-old Elisa Serna, who died shortly after she collapsed in her cell in the jail's medical observation unit. Von Lintig was the physician on duty the day Serna died, and Danali Pasquale was the last nurse to see Serna before her death. The same jury also found Pasquale not guilty of involuntary manslaughter last week. Prosecutors alleged that both von Lintig and Pasquale failed to properly treat Serna, who was suffering from symptoms of drug and alcohol withdrawal. Mayor Todd Gloria yesterday signed the first citywide project labor agreement into law. It is an overarching agreement with local labor organizations for most city-funded construction projects. According to the U.S. Department of Labor, PLAs establish terms and conditions of employment for construction projects. Gloria said this PLA will ensure good-paying local jobs for San Diegans. The project labor agreement was made possible when San Diegans voted to pass Measure D in 2022, which reversed a 10-year-old ban on project labor agreements for city construction projects. It's expected to be sunny today and tomorrow before a chance of rain returns early next week. The National Weather Service says today's temperatures will still be mostly below normal for this time of year. But forecasters say tomorrow will be the warmest day with temperatures reaching a little above normal. Temps in the inland and coastal areas today will be in the low to mid-60s. In the deserts, it'll be in the low 70s. And in the mountains, temperatures will be in the low 50s. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, We've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. A policy recommended by a law enforcement review board has been denied by San Diego County Sheriff Kelly Martinez. Reporter Katie Heisen spoke with policy advocates who say lives are at stake. The Citizens Law Enforcement Review Board, or CLRB, first recommended body scans for employees entering detention facilities years ago to help prevent drug smuggling. Then-Sheriff Anthony Ray rejected their request, saying frequent scanning risked health and morale. 
Other jurisdictions follow similar policies, including Arizona's Maricopa County. When Kelly Martinez rejected the recommendation in November, she cited things they have done to reduce overdose deaths, like drug seizures and providing overdose-reversing medication. But her office didn't give a specific reason for this denial, even when KPBS asked. What would you be afraid of? CLIRB Executive Officer Paul Parker. If you could save a life and perhaps weed out employees who shouldn't be there, that's a win-win. The county reported 146 suspected overdoses in their facilities last year. I will always wonder how the drug got into the jail. Sunday Weddle whose son died of suspected overdose in San Diego Central Jail, asked the board to keep pushing. And to my son, Saxon Frederick Rodriguez, may you rest in peace. Clerb voted to resend the request now and every time someone dies of suspected overdose in the detention facilities. Katie Heisen, KPBS News. Senior military leaders from the Navy and Marine Corps are in town this week for the annual West Conference. It's one of the largest defense industry trade shows in the country. Military reporter Andrew Dyer brings us this report. Military leaders and defense industry contractors are all here this week. It's a complex relationship as military brass try to predict exactly what they'll need to equip sailors and Marines years down the road. Paul Fredenberg is a retired Army Brigadier General and the Executive Vice President at AFSIA International, which co-hosts the conference. We have some threats out there to our national security. It's very important to bring all of those partners together to solve those challenges. Top of mind this week, the conflict in the Middle East. The Navy's top officer, Admiral Lisa Franchetti, talked Tuesday about the work Navy ships are doing in the Red Sea. For the first time since World War II, We no longer operate from a maritime sanctuary against competitors who cannot threaten us. Today, sea control is neither guaranteed nor freely given. The conference wraps Thursday with a speech from Navy Secretary Carlos Del Toro. Andrew Dyer, KPBS News. We're continuing to bring you information on some of the local races on the primary ballot. Voters in East County will choose a new assembly member for District 75. Reporter Scott Rod says it's a crowded primary race without an incumbent candidate. Assembly District 75 encompasses most of eastern San Diego County, including a 50-mile stretch of the southern border west of Hakumba Hot Springs. Six candidates are in the primary race, and two Republicans have emerged as frontrunners. Andrew Hayes has endorsements from the state and county Republican parties. He says the border is a main priority. Top of mind is securing the border and looking at how we can stop folks from coming across and bringing crime into our local communities. Hayes says he also wants to stop fentanyl distribution and curb the placement of sexually violent predators in his district after their release from prison. The other frontrunner is Republican Carl DeMaio. He served on San Diego City Council from 2008 to 2012. DeMaio is also taking a hard stance on the border and asylum seekers. We do not have an obligation to take care of the welfare and benefit of everyone who just wants to show up in America and say, hey, taxpayers pay for me. In addition, DeMaio wants to implement a voter ID law and opposes new taxes. A third Republican, Jack Fernandez, is also running in the primary, along with Democrats Kevin Jusa, Joy Frew, and Christy Doherty. Scott Rod, KPBS News. To find out about all the candidates, go to our website, kpbs.org.
The free application for federal student aid, known as the FAFSA, was streamlined and simplified for the coming school year. But education reporter M.G. Perez says technical glitches have stalled the system for students. The U.S. Department of Education calls it the better FAFSA, an overhauled financial aid form that went from more than 100 questions to about 30 and was supposed to directly connect IRS tax information, allowing students and their families access to more money for college. Instead, the system has delayed data because of software errors and locked out students with undocumented parents who are unable to submit a social security number to begin the process. Saul Kiros is financial aid director at Mesa Community College. The concern would be that maybe they don't complete the application process altogether. Maybe they don't enroll because they're uncertain if they're going to be able to finance their education. Kiros has advised his student applicants to be patient as workaround solutions are developed. M.G. Perez, KPBS News. A couple weeks ago, we told you all about February being Museum Month. But reporter John Carroll has more. He says this year the promotion is going beyond county lines. When you think of museums in San Diego, Balboa Park probably comes to mind. It's home to 18 of them. But new this year, for the first time in Museum Month's 35-year history, it's no longer confined to the United States. This year, it's gone south of the border. My name is Daniela Leon. I am the Binational Liaison for the Arts and Culture of the City of Tijuana. And that makes De Leon an expert on the Museo de Historia de Tijuana, the Tijuana History Museum. The multi-story museum opened in 2010. It tells the story of our neighbor to the south in many ways, from the history of sports, to the development of the city, to its music. One new display shows the different kinds of music that have found a home here that have flourished in Tijuana. Included are not only the pictures of musicians, but also their hands cast in plaster, the modus operandi of music making. We have videos, we, have, we also have the archive of the history of Tijuana, which the citizens can also come and investigate anything that they would like to have to know about the city from the beginnings and also our binational history from San Diego and Tijuana. The History Museum is one of eight museums in Tijuana that are participating in Museum Month. You have Secut, they have like different uh, sites in the development. It's also El Cubo, that's one of the, the spaces. It's like contemporary art. And then you have the aquarium. You also have the, the Museum of Las Californias. You have theater there also. Tijuana native Berenice Martinez is steeped in the arts and culture scene south of the border. She says the addition of her city's museums dovetails nicely with the fact that the San Diego-Tijuana region is the world design capital for 2024. I heard about world design capital and saw it as a perfect opportunity to start uh, incorporating those museums with our museums to make San Diego cultural destination. We met San Diego Museum Council Executive Director Bob Lehman outside of a San Diego museum you might not have heard of, and it's definitely worth a visit. The San Diego Chinese Historical Museum is on Third Avenue in the Gas Lamp. 
the building itself is part of the story of Chinese people in San Diego. Uh, so there was a lot of evangelization of the Chinese immigrants uh, in the early 1900s. And so this building was built to house them in the back. Museum Executive Director Jacinta Wong showed us around the museum, pointing out the stunning pieces of art. You know, we've got donations of cloisonne and paper cuttings and, uh, you know, uh, textiles. Um, such as this beautiful dragon robe that we have here. But there's another kind of history here that is anything but beautiful. The Chinese are the only nationality, only, you know, people who were specifically listed on an act, a government act, the Chinese Exclusion Act. It's the only one that was targeted against one specific population. A population that was largely excluded from society and its commerce, Wong says that's how Chinese laundries came about, because it was a niche that wasn't being filled. But that sad part of history is only that, a part. There is so much beauty to enjoy here, including a peaceful garden. Whether it's the Chinese Historical Museum or one of the more than 60 others, you need a Museum Month Pass to get half-off admission. Go to any of our 85 libraries all over the city and the county of San Diego and pick up a pass. They look just like this. They have a list of all the museums. Then also, the other way to do it is download a pass. You can download it from the QR code here or you can go online to SanDiegoMuseumCouncil.org. Along with the pass, you'll find links to all the participating museums, one-stop shopping for everything you need to know about Museum Month, one of the best things about living in the San Diego-Tijuana region, also known as the World Design Capital for 2024. John Carroll, KPBS News. Lunar New Year celebrations are in full swing. And this Saturday and Sunday, the House of China in Balboa Park is hosting a Chinese New Year festival at the International Cottages in the park. It's from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. each day and is free. There will be dragon and lion dances, singers, martial arts, food and other vendors, games and arts and crafts. 2024 is the year of the dragon. Here's David said, the executive officer of the House of China in Balboa Park. Interestingly enough, of the 12 zodiac animals, the dragon is mythical. All the others are like real animals. The dragon is really the most powerful and creative of all the animals. So couples that are thinking of having a child strive often to have a child born in the year of the dragon. He also tells us about some of the customs and traditions for Lunar New Year. Well, of course, you always like to have fresh uh, clothes because the dragon is a very vibrant, a creative animal. So the color green will hold sway for the year of the dragon. Uh, besides uh, cleaning the house, you would also want to settle debts. Uh, you prepare uh, the red envelope money to give to close friends, and, of course, uh, the little children. Other than the color green for the Year of the Dragon, said says the color red is significant for the Chinese New Year because it's a rich color that represents wealth, prosperity, and good luck. For more information on the festival, go to www.ChineseNewYearFair.com. That's it for the podcast today. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. 
Tomorrow, the president of the local American Heart Association branch joins me on the podcast to talk about how you can get a free blood pressure screening during Love Your Heart Month. We'll have that plus the day's top stories. I'm Debbie Cruz. Thanks for listening and have a great Thursday. Thursday.